Yes, good, good morning, friends, family, foe, everyone, everywhere, all over. Where are you guys at? I am in the beautiful South Kakalake. We're in South Carolina, you guys. Welcome to the East West Grind Podcast. My name is Christine Silva. Of course, I am your host. We'll get a little bit into South Carolina, a little bit here, a little bit next week. I'm still absorbing that whole process, that move. We crossed the country through like 11 or 12 states. It was fucking nuts. It was a lot of fun. We have a beautiful country, you guys. Come to America, you guys. Come for the visit. Mostly everyone's cool. Everyone's good, okay? Come on down. But I ain't gonna lie, you guys. It's been rough getting used to the South. Slower pace of life. We've been exhausted, Dinez and I. The cats. Everybody's tired. But it's peaceful. And like I said, I'll get into the move a little bit more in future episodes. Right now, right today in this episode, I got to tie up some town business with Bay Area politicians and my little lamb chops over there at the upper echelons of the tech industry, the Bay Area. I'm coming after you guys still. I am not letting this go. I'll probably say something every episode because that's my hometown, man. I got to watch their back first. This episode is dedicated to the ones I love, the Bay Area. I got your back, guys. Yes. Yes. Doug. What's up, Doug? I'm good, man. I'm back in the kitchen. I'm walking. No boot, no cane. A little bit at a time. But my strut is off, sir. My swag, my balance. I've been on my ass for four months with this busted-ass ankle, so... I just started walking in that whole area in the back, the glutes, the hips, those muscles. They've been asleep all this time, so now I'm starting to wake them up a bit, and it's a bit of a task. Some soreness, some tightness. I'm no spring chicken, you know. I'm 51 too. I only got a couple of weeks on you, Doug. And that's not old, you guys. 51 is not old, but right now... While I can, I'm still working on my John Travolta Saturday Night Fever right now. It's all coming along, you guys. Thanks for being here, Dougie Doug, and for missing me last week. Shout out to Chef Jose Andres, Elon Musk, not Elon Musk, that other guy. Uh, the Bezos, Jeff Bezos, he gave him and Van Jones a hundred million, I think it's a hundred million, to fight their causes, hunger, education, poverty, communities, building them up. Here's some money. Go fix this shit. Get everybody up. See, you guys, that's the tech industry. They're not perfect. (sighs) They know it, too. They're like, give us regulations, please. Let me help you learn about my what we got here. God, everybody's making them out to be evil. They're not, man. They're good kids. Shit. All right. Back to town business, y'all. I got to tie up some things in the Bay Area. I can't let people like Lily Mae and Ro Khanna take their shenanigans to the national level and embarrass my hometown of Fremont, California, where my family immigrated to in the 1850s from Portugal. No way, man. You got to call it out. You got to call it out at home first in life, in business, in politics, in everything. 
Do what's right by your communities, not by investors. Do that and you can't go wrong. Because when you look out for your communities, when you invest in the communities, the communities are the investors. Watch each other's backs. Why are teachers driving three cities away to do their jobs? Who is in charge here? You guys are fucking shit up. Did you guys hear Aisha last week? Our firefighters and EMTs and our cops don't live in the communities that they serve and protect. They don't live there. They can't afford it. Isn't that the purpose of police officers? Maybe someone should take their heads out of their asses and realize cops should serve the communities to which they live in. How many times? I mean, what's wrong with people? You can't put a Tracy cop or resident down on a beat in Oakland. That's what's having to happen. What's wrong with you guys? It's logistics. Welcome, everybody. Welcome to the East West Grind podcast to our listeners around the globe and here at home in the United States of America. Ground yourself, guys. Ground yourself. This is going to be a hell of a ride. We got some twists and turn. So, woosah. Calm that brain, you guys. That's yoga and meditation. I got to start meditating again, man. I've been, I've been done it for a couple weeks. That's why I'm like off kilter. Got to get balanced. That shit works, you guys. But listen, if you guys lose focus in this episode, in this one, you lose the whole show, guys. Follow my brain, okay? Focus. Let's get her done, guys. Welcome to the show. All right, you guys, I hope you're good. Everything's good. As I said, we're in South Carolina. State is beautiful once again. Uh, stand by on that right now. We'll get to that, you know, a little bit later on, next week, the following, everything, you know, as it progresses, as time goes on, as life goes on, because, you know, we're going to be doing that from here. Uh, anyways, before we get going into today's show, let's give that sweet, sweet love to today's sponsor over at BNS Body and Soul Botanica. That's to you, 29. Take it away, Ash. What's up, my friends? Today's episode is brought to you by our friends over at Body and Soul Botanica. Friends, I've been using this product for almost three months. As I told you, back in April, I broke my ankle hiking. And through my healing and rehabilitation, learning how to walk again, this is and has been the only product I've used on my ankle for pain, for swelling, for basic relief. Guys, I saw my orthopedic surgeon and physical therapist recently, and both of them said they'd never seen this type of rapid healing and clear, smooth scarring with this type of injury. I'm talking broken in three places, dislocated, major, major O-R-I-F surgery. That's open reduction internal fixation. That means be broke, baroque. And I'm walking again in like three months. The doctor was blown away. Friends, I'm a firm believer that Miracle Sports Cream from Body and Soul Botanica played a huge role in my healing process. There is no denying it. 
Friends, this will be the only topical cream I use for aches and pains moving forward and in my life. Guys, you should give this Miracle Sports Cream a shot. Everybody I know that uses it swears by it. And folks, if you know me or anyone that knows me, you know that I'd never steer you in the wrong direction. Get this product. Guys, Body and Soul features all natural plant-based products that are not only good for your body and soul. Give the bath products that they sell a try to. I'm most relaxed with the chamomile bath tea. Super, super recharging. But guys, not only are the products at Body and Soul good for your body and soul, they smell good. It's got a mentholated scent that innately makes you want to drag in that long, deep breath and extend those lungs. Imagine that first stretch in the morning, that 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 is Miracle Sports Cream from Body and Soul Botanic, you guys. It is rejuvenating. Folks, this product is not greasy, nor does it leave you with that filmy coat over your skin like, you know, the store-bought creams. No, ma'am, this is not that product. If it were, it would not be the secret weapon to some NFL teams out there, man. Body and Soul Miracle Sports Cream is what NFL coaches use to get their players back from injury ASAP. I mean, the NFL is one of the most physical sports in the sporting world. The players take beatings and they use this product, you guys. Come on, you better get you some. Guys, Body and Soul Miracle Sports Cream is also the go-to product of retired professional athletes and Olympians helping them get decades back on their legs so that they can stay active even with the wear and tear on their bodies. We all've got it. And folks, those that know me know that I do not put my name on or behind shitty products. I don't do it. So remember, don't come knocking with your snake oil and gimmicks. This is me being real with you, my friends, my listeners. Body and Soul Miracle Sports Cream has made a positive impact on my life and in my healing process. It's facts of my experience using it. Nobody can take that away, man. And I'm sharing it with you guys because I want what's best for you too. So if you're having aches and pains in your shoulders, your knees, your lower back, or if you're just coming out of the house to get active again in your community as COVID lightens up, whatever the case... I give you my word, friends, Body and Soul Miracle Sports Cream and products can change your life. I know, because like I said, I experienced it firsthand. Guys, Miracle Sports Cream is 100% plant-based. It's hemp-based, too. It has 11 herbal extracts that go beyond CBD to actually help your body heal itself from within, as Mother Nature intended. And guys, check this out. We have an exclusive deal for East West Grind listeners. Go to www.bodysoulbotanica.com. We'll have the link in the show notes and enter promo code East West Grind at checkout to get 20% off your entire order. Take advantage of that 20%, you guys. Some of our listeners have taken advantage of that 20% and applied it to the eye products and the bath teas from Body and Soul, guys. All positive feedback. And remember, guys, this offer is exclusive to all my loyal listeners. Take advantage of it, friends. Don't let pain stop you from living your best life. Get the Miracle Sports Cream from Body and Soul Botanica. Your body will thank you. And it helps support this podcast so we can keep bringing you these episodes, guys. All right? Cool? All right, cool. Thanks, guys. Once again, use promo code EASTWESTGRIND at BodyAndSoulBotanica.com and get that 20% off your entire order. And remember, guys, I got your back. 
All right, you guys, let's jump in. We're going to jump into politics real quick, real quick. Well, well, it's going to be a long one, so settle in and, you know, just follow along. But uh, I wanted to jump into politics real quick, politicians right away, and address council member Aisha Wahab. I was remembering our conversation last week, and I remember you said brick and mortar is on its way out. I agree with you then. And I agree with you now, man, but then I started thinking of some problems that are going to occur as a result of those brick and mortars shutting down. Let me explain. Malls, for example, are going out of business and being turned into apartments as a result of places like Amazon, online grocery shopping. Nobody's got to leave their house. Nobody's got, you can order all online. And that sucks because, you know, I miss going into the stores. I mean, you can still do that right now, but eventually you won't be able to. Sometimes shit doesn't fit right. You know what I mean? Anyway, that's where we're going. That's what's up. I don't know what the solution is. Whatever. Maybe there's a balance. I don't know. But those malls and all those brick and mortars that are shutting down are going to be shutting down are being taken down and they're going to be put in like in the Bay Area. It's like they're putting those apartments, those big three and four story apartments to house the tech workforce. Agreed? Like they're taking them down. They're taking down the businesses, the buildings, and then they're building four story apartments. That's just a fact. And sidebar out the gate, Jeff Bezos is the richest fool in the world. Respectfully, all those tech leaders... All of them. Mark Zuckerberg, Sergey Brin, Larry Page. Those guys are weird, man. Like Einstein weird. You know what I mean? Those two uh, Google guys, Page and Brin, super weird. I love it. I get them. I serve them. I know. They're good guys. I met them. The other guy, too. Super cool looking dude. Long, long pointy beard. What's his name? Dorsey. Twitter guy. Jack Dorsey. Yes. And that's just a few of the names, all these rich guys. They are some of the richest people in the world, all right there at my home base in my hometown, the Bay Area. And these guys actually give back millions and billions to developing countries around the world and at home. This response is going out to Tammy in Kentucky Ma'am, these guys are building schools and hospitals and funding programs for people living in poverty to help the communities all over, like I said, all over the world, come up. Trump don't do that. He never has. His family has had to take ethics class for laundering money through their own charities. They're all bums, the daughter included. I kid you not. And that's going to run into a side note. Do you guys know how these tech leaders achieve that crazy wealth so fast, Miss Tammy? Do you? They focus on their people first. The people who helped them build their empires. Those founders took care of their people and still do. That's what they do best. Best work environment for all industries that they employ. And like I told you before, They don't just employ engineers. They employ bus drivers, truck drivers, mechanics, 
handymen, janitors, kitchen staff, receptionists, fucking real estate agents. And everybody that works there, they don't pay for their breakfast, lunch, or dinner. They don't pay for their snickety snacks. They don't pay for kofefe. All, no charge. Nothing but the best for our employees. Salary, benefits, low turnover. Unless it's like going from Google to Facebook or Twitter. Same shit. Jack in the Box to Panera Bread to Le Boulanger. Same shit. Same industries. Jiffy Lube to Speedy Oil Changers. Do you follow what I'm saying? And the old corporations, Walmart, Target, Home Depot, Trump Org, any long-time old-school corporation that is not one of the tech leaders, because no corporations in history ever took care of their workforce the way that the tech industry takes care of their workforce. Not here in America. That's facts. But anybody out there spend 10 15, 20, 30 years of their life in the old corporate structures. Let me ask you something. Has your employer ever taken care of you on anything near the tech industry's business model? That's only the best for my employees. That's their business model. I think the answer is no, because I myself spent 30 years in corporate. But why do you think All old corporations are shitting, they're shitting their pants, looking for people to fill positions and can't retain good, hardworking people. Tenured or not, they can't retain them. They can't keep them. Why? Because their best workers, that old corporate has shit on for all those years with shitty wages and benefits and a jail cell size break room with $5 gift cards to Starbucks for a job well done instead of a living wage. Yeah, all those people, they're packing their bags and their skills, and they're going to work for the tech industry, and they're getting treated great. That is capitalism done right. When your employees are prospering as a result of being employed by you. Capitalism done right. Side note, don't hate the game, hate the players. Most of us are not players in the game. The game was designed by a certain group of people, and those designers, the founders, designed the system, the constitution and the legal system, around those founding all-white fathers. They created those systems when they came here, and not for Thanksgiving. It was a slaughter by force. Sidebar, it does not make me a non-patriot for acknowledging those historic facts. All that happened. Why do you think casinos in the desert are called Indian casinos? The Native Americans own all that shit. At some point in history, I don't know, I'm just guessing, there must have been a deal made for some sort of reparation to the Native Americans, like, here you go, guys. Sorry we killed most of your friends and family, raped your women, took over your land. Here, take this area, build casinos, don't pay any taxes. We're sorry, crybabies. I mean, let's be real 
about what happened to the Native Americans. We're not in kindergarten anymore, singing the Nina, the Pinta, the Santa Maria. You don't tell five-year-olds real history like that. But you don't knock them down and call them traitors for growing up and learning, learning real knowledge of history. Okay, Gerald in South Dakota? So at some point in history, the Native Americans got certain land and their you know, casino deal. It happened at some point because the founders did not write that into the founding documents. I don't think the founding laws and documents get amended as America and the world evolves. Evolves. Devolve is to die. So when we evolve, next generations take over. That's how it's been in history. Because nobody lives forever, right? Except for maybe Mitch McConnell. But next generations take over in leadership roles, in our government, in businesses, and in innovation. And they change laws through their votes because majority rule. The Electoral College has to go. W and Trump, terrible. And that's why we're not running around like Little House on the Prairie anymore. Evolution and innovation. Right here, America, everywhere. We have to lead innovation. We have to lead the world. Otherwise, we're not the superpower. Hello? Go with the flow. But next generation's amend those documents and laws through their elected officials, and those amendments are always on the side of progression. I mean, not always. You know, there's always two steps forward, one step back. But it's customary and it's normal for next generations to shape the world how they want to live in it. And no future generation wants to live in the past. You can't be 75 years old and act like a 20-year-old where there's no growth in your mind, there is still evolution, time, the aging process. Side note real quick, speaking about 20-year-olds, speaking of 20-year-olds, I got an email from a guy who sent me an article written by a chick named Natalie Winters. The article talked about this election fraud in the six states in the South and Midwest that Trump supposedly lost. So I read the article and I'm like, oh God, here we go again. And I look up this Natalie Winters. Natalie Winters. One, she works for the National Pulse, which is run by Raheem Kassan, who used to work at Breitbart, which was started by Andrew Breitbart, who is now dead, but he was with Steve Bannon, who was also at Breitbart. And they're all conspiracy theorists. It's an industry. Conspiracy theories. And those conspiracy theorists, they have finally made it to the adult table. Trump made it to the White House. The National Enquirer made it to the White House. The guys who got abducted by aliens and butt probed and all the other wild stories you read in grocery store tabloids... That is Andrew Breitbart. That is Steve Bannon. That is Raheem Kassan, Bongino, all of them. They made it once, and they ain't going away. I'm paying attention. I hope everybody else at the top of the Democratic Party is. They are not going away. But Natalie Winters, 
Oh, Jesus. The author of this article sent to me by this guy is an investigative reporter for Steve Bannon's War Room Pandemic and has the title of Senior Investigative Reporter at the National Pulse with Rahim Kassan. And here's the capper, you guys. Here's the capper. She is 19 years old. She's got titles like that, and she is 19 years old. She's barely out of high school, and she's an investigative reporter. She probably still lives at home. Do you guys see it yet? Do you see the con? Journalism is a professional field. It involves years of schooling after high school. If you are getting any type of news from Natalie Winters and the National Pulse, you are not getting news. That is the real fake news. A 19-year-old reporting news on politics or global issues or anything. I'm not saying it's not possible. I'm just saying this one's not the one. She is not Dr. Doogie Hauser, MD. Okay? But if that's your source... You are getting straight-up propaganda. I'm sorry. Don't send me shit like that written by a 19-year-old and expect me to take it seriously. Okay, about the game. What game is it, you ask? The founders, the systems they designed, the Constitution, the legal system, all of it. It was designed to be stacked against the everyday American worker since the inception of the country. Think about this for a second. When the country was founded, it was founded by all white men. They enslaved the Native Americans, and then they enslaved black people. Black people were already being enslaved by Portuguese people, so no, America was not the first country to enslave black people, but we participated. So please don't send me those, well, America wasn't the first one. Yeah, 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 I get it, I know. It's what we did. We did it too. It's how we got this country. I don't think that there's anything wrong with knowing that or talking about that. Do you? I mean, do you? And if so, please email me at info at eastwestgrind.com. I got to know more about your why because I'm interested. I think it's great that we share, you know, I I like to have conversations with people about history and, you know, where our country fucked up. I mean, nobody's perfect. We've made mistakes. And I think it's okay to acknowledge it and and point it out and say, hey, we got to make sure we don't, this don't happen again because it's already happened. But the game, the systems were set up to benefit all white men and everyone else was a second class citizen. Women didn't get to vote till almost 500 years after we landed here. 1920, the 19th Amendment. Before that, women had to get permission from their husbands to get a bank account or whatever else. That is just 1920, only 100 years ago. I met someone the other day. That's 103 years old. Miss Stewart, sweet lady. I wave to her every day I see her. I'm going to go sit down on her porch and have a conversation with her about life really soon. I should get to that soon, too. I mean, she's 103. I'll let you know what I find out because you know she's got some wisdom in there. 
But it took 16 presidents, Lincoln, and a nasty, nasty war to free black people from being owned by white people. 1863, I think. But they may have been freed in 1863. And just because they were freed didn't mean that white people who were used to treating them like shit and making, you know, forcing them to work for free and, you know, you can't leave, you're my slave. They weren't just going to be like, all right, oh, now you're, now you're just my neighbor. Yeah, that's cool. No. Black people still took shit for another hundred years because even though white people could not force slavery anymore, like I said, it didn't mean their generational norms and behaviors changed. It takes time to change a culture. The civil rights movement was like, I don't know, I think it was 64, 64 to 68. Articles in the show notes, I'll put one in there. Side note on that. I drove through Montgomery, Alabama recently. I saw the signs that said Birmingham, Alabama. And I drove through it in silence. We started organizing. We were able to bring more than 250,000 people to march in Washington. And we all had to prepare a speech. I was very young, 23 years old, did all of my hair and a few pounds lighter. I have the pleasure to present to this. When A. Phil Randolph said, I now present to you young John Lewis, the national chairman of the Student Nonviolent Coordinating Committee. Brother John Lewis. I looked to my right, I saw hundreds and hundreds of young people who had been involved during the early days. Looked straight ahead, I saw this sea of humanity. Then I looked to the left, I saw young black men and young white men up in the trees trying to get a better view. And then I said to myself, well, this is it. And I looked straight ahead again. And something said to me, go for it. And I opened my mouth and I started speaking. We march today for jobs and freedom. But we have nothing to be proud of. Well, hundreds and thousands of our brothers are not here, for they're receiving starvation wages or no wages at all. Those who have said be patient and wait, we must say that we cannot be patient. We do not want our freedom gradually, but we want to be free now. The time will come but we will not confine our march into Washington. We will march through the South, through the streets of Jackson, through the streets of Danville, through the streets of Cambridge, through the streets of Birmingham. We must say, wake up, America, wake up, for we cannot stop, and we will not and cannot be patient. That was 1963. I have siblings who were born in the 60s. It wasn't that long ago. Do you guys follow me? It took until 1968 for Congress to amend the laws, 
making the law a reflection of the Constitution. The Constitution says all men are created equally. Yet the founding fathers enslaved their wives. They enslaved black men and women. They enslaved Native Americans and women. Facts. Like I said, how does knowing facts of history and talking about it make me a traitor or not a patriot? Jerry Combs in Pittsburgh, PA. Not California, Pittsburgh, PA, Pennsylvania. And as we evolved and progressed as a new country, we amended the laws because that's what the majority of the people of this country wanted with the people that they voted into office. Some don't like change. A lot don't like change. Those are usually conservatives, reductionists. They like things the way that they are. But what we have here is progression. Can't stop it. It won't stop through evolution. Time. Enter amendments and changing laws. And here's the bottleneck. When you just make a law law through amendments or whatever, People don't just abide by a new law. There's a, you know, there are generational or family and cultural norms that have to change otherwise bad behaviors that have been taught throughout those generations. You can't just change cultural behaviors just by passing law. We have to have a real conversation and break down systemic racism because it's still happening. You just can't deny it. I mean, it's laid out through history. You can see it. Go back to the 60s. Go back to the 1800s. It's still happening. Otherwise, there wouldn't be these uproars. Black Lives Matter. I mean, let's just be real. Let me finish my earlier example, you guys. Remember, Lincoln freed the slaves in 63 or 65, I think. Somebody fact-checked me, whatever. John Lewis and Martin Luther King Jr., got their asses beat in 1965 for sitting at the counter in a restaurant in Alabama. Black people couldn't use white pools or restrooms until the late 60s. Rosa Parks, 1955. Bus driver tells her, hey, black people at the back of the bus. She said, "Uh, I don't think so. I ain't moving. Remember, Lincoln freed the slaves in 1865, three, one of those. And a hundred years later, In 1965 or 55, they're still being treated like shit. 55, that's 55 because that was Rosa Parks. And then in 65, 64 came the civil rights movement. It's still happening. It's a movement, Ryan Ding Dong James in Colorado. A hundred years and losing a civil rights war didn't change behaviors and mentality just by freeing black people. It's baked into the cake, man. 1865 to 1965. And the 60s was only 50-something years ago. We had to make it a law. MLK, Medgar Evers, Emmett Till, Oscar Grant, Oakland. But they had to make it law that you cannot just hang a black man from a tree anymore. The country had to make it a law and said, okay, white people. If you keep doing this shit, you're going to have to go to prison for it. It's against the law as a reminder because you've been, you know, they were freed a while back. It's against the law to treat any person any differently than you treat your next door neighbor, assuming you like your neighbor. And side note real quick on that. 
You don't even know your neighbors anymore in the Bay Area. You used to. We had neighbors. We had neighbors we liked. When I was a kid, we had neighbors that we went to war with as a kid. I'm sure that's true for everybody. You know, in all classes of society, the levels of war may have been different. Our neighborhood's type of war was, do I have to come down there? Other neighborhood wars may have been, ooh, did you hear that so-and-so's husband is fucking Tom's wife over there on Mulberry Lane? Other neighborhood wars may have been, you know, chemicals and dirt in the water pipes of their homes, Flint, Michigan. Do you guys see the difference? You would never have an entire white community intentionally provided toxic faucet water. Never. If it happened, the city would be like, Johnny on the spot, let's take care of this. Look up Flint, Michigan. That's textbook racism. It's still happening. Do you guys see the problem yet? Alan James in Arkansas. There won't be another civil war, sir. You guys showed your cards on January the 6th. Steve Bannon is promoting gold and silver now and buckets of food that last for like 10 years for when the apocalypse comes, for when the apocalypse comes. Doesn't the apocalypse mean everybody dies? Why do you need powdered food if we're all going to die? Do you guys see the scam yet? Alan, wrapping up this side note from the beginning, don't hate the game, hate the players. Most of us are not players in the game, though. We are pawns. And in order to be considered a player, you got to enter the game as a pawn because the system was set up for you to be a pawn. It wasn't designed for women or anybody else. So it's been a bitch trying to get into the game. Women are one step away, guys. We've got a female vice president. We've had a black president. I mean, this is where the country's going. So get as many players, you guys, into the game as you can to vote. 2020 Trump-Biden election, 74 million for Trump, 81 million for Biden. We left some 50 million registered votes on the table. And don't pull that voter fraud bullshit on me, Mike Lindell, and the Frank Gallagher network he's launched. No offense to Frank Gallagher. He's a brilliant drug addict. But addicts can't be trusted. The MyPillow guy has paid lawsuits for fraudulently charging his customers extra on his pillow toothless. He's a bum. Sorry, I'm just stating facts of history. Congrats on getting clean, Mike Lindell. But you're still a con man. You're just doing it in the name of the Lord now. Remember that. Oh, my God. Remember that Easter Sunday miracle juju vaccine your buddy called you with in the beginning of COVID? This is 11 months ago. Ash, help me out here, sir. You don't have a medical background. You're not a scientist, yet you're claiming this substance, which has not been studied in any meaningful way, can cure COVID, and you have a financial stake in the company. You would profit from it if this is being sold widely. Morally, is that right? 
Well, you know, I was contacted on Easter Sunday after, you know, that I've told the whole country to pray for the answer for this pandemic. And, and the, uh, it's a great administration has, has had me anything I hear out there about whether it be good sanitizers or cures or anything to bring it back to the task force. So this guy called me on Easter Sunday and said he had an answer to the virus. And uh, I reached out to my friend, uh, Secretary Carson, who's on the task force, and he's a doctor, and he looked into it all, got everything from the company, and he said, this is the real deal. It's been tested by over a 1,000 people to be safe. Medical well, tests wait, wait a minute, have been sir, done. Wait a minute, stop, let's stop. There's no public peer-reviewed studies about this. There's no, yeah, there is. There's no yeah, there human is. trials that have been published anywhere. Yeah, the, there's safety tests that was done in 2016 for over a thousand people that it's safe to take. And if it's where, safe where, to where take, the, that's what I started so taking. Where is the study? The only study or report out is, is a one report from the University of Texas. That was a pre-print study, and that was only no, involving they, cells in a, in a test tube. No, there's been there's been human studies, absolutely human studies. Stop, and it's been sir, tested where, phase one, phase sir, two. where are these human studies? Why, why aren't they public? Why aren't they publicly reviewed out there? Why aren't they been peer reviewed? Well, the the thousand people are out there. I don't know if you can't find it. I'm not a I'm not a medical doctor. I just know that Ben Carson, who's on the task force, he brought it to the president. Going well, hey, this okay, is but one stop, sir. This, ben Carson has not- in the past, you know, been paid to promote supplements and got in trouble for it back in 2015. So he has a track record on that. You, you know, are you, know, you are ben- telling people that this cures COVID. You have no studies to prove it. And you're saying you know, a thousand yeah, people you know were what? tested. I got my own study. When Where? I took that, when I see, when I seen the tests of a thousand people that it was safe. That's all you, I needed. Sir, okay. Yeah, that shit. The FDA shot that shit down because the guys from Breaking Bad were manufacturing it. It couldn't pass regulations. And thank God. He's a salesman, this Mike Lindell. Salesman selling whatever he can to get a piece of the pie. God bless him. This is America, where a sucker is born every minute. This poor fucking guy, he's lost so many legitimate sponsors over this bullshit. He's a hot mess. I mean, I feel bad for him because he's given it all up to Trump like a hooker. No offense to hookers. His company was fine with some, you know, class actions for some shade. But his company was fine before he got in bed with Trump. You fucked up, Mike Lindell. Okay, that's that's the first clip that was eleven months ago. With that was a shellacking he took in the in like the legitimate news. Now listen to this one from yesterday. It's lengthy, so get comfortable, okay? Unzip your you know shorts, or if you're just eating breakfast, whatever it is, just get comfy. And if you're an auditory learner, listen to the conversation carefully. Forget. That it's CNN. Fake news. Uh. It's Mike Lindell sitting down yesterday for an interview with a real journalist from CNN. I urge you to actually watch it and watch his body language too. I had to watch it with my hand over my eye like, like Robin Williams and Mork and Mindy. Fucking Nanu Nanu. Like that. Like, oh shit, this is bad. MyPillow CEO Mike Lindell continues to claim he has evidence that China hacked U.S. voting systems and switched votes for the former president to Biden votes. In a moment, you'll hear what two dozen election officials and cyber experts contacted by CNN say about those claims. 
Lindell is not backing down even as he faces a lawsuit from voting machine maker Dominion alleging he's defamed the company with his false accusations and Lindell's company is countersuing. Senator Griffin went to Minnesota to talk to Lindell about his claims that threaten democracy. Here's Drew's report. The My Pillow Guy. Mike Lindell. Yes, the My Pillow Guy is convinced. China hacked the election, Donald Trump really won, and Lindell has the absolute proof. They did it in all the states. Every and they single changed state. the vote. Every single state. And you have the proof. Yes. The that will capture. show. I, I have the whole the data. The actual them. exchange of votes. Yep. Yep. 100 percent. 100 percent. It is, of course, complete nonsense. Despite every piece of so-called evidence Lindell has presented so far, three videos, a lawsuit, screenshots he sent to CNN, there's still no proof that the election was hacked, and that's according to two dozen cyber experts and election officials contacted by CNN. A hundred percent evidence. When Lindell released his so-called evidence in videos like this, fact checkers quickly found out it was evidence of nothing. These images are just publicly available voter data scrolling across the screen, not proof of election hacking. So Lindell changed his story, saying now the real evidence will be revealed at a cyber symposium streamed live with my pillow discounts available throughout. And as further proof, he sent CNN a preview, six different screenshots. You sent us this on Friday. Yeah. What is this? That's just one piece of 1.2 billion lines of data from the election. Okay. There's within that will be timestamps of when of when it happened. There'll be flips in there. So we sent this to our own experts. Mm-hmm. He said that, that it doesn't show any specific actions of any kind election-related or not, and it's proof of, of nothing. Okay, so he said that's nothing, huh? Well, he's wrong. Then you didn't hire a cyber expert. We didn't consult just one cyber expert. We consulted nine top election security experts who told us Lindell's screenshots were extremely rudimentary metadata and completely ridiculous. We also reached all 15 officials from the 15 counties where Lindell says, without any proof, Votes were hacked and switched. Lindell mentions some of the counties in his videos and lists them out in his counter lawsuit against Dominion voting. They are counties that use paper ballots counted by systems not connected to the Internet. Every one of them told CNN there is no evidence they were hacked by anyone. You identify 15 counties where the votes were switched. We contacted all 15 counties, red and blue. Red and blue. That doesn't matter. And we couldn't find a single person that said this is even possible. They say, are you mistaken? Right. They think you're wrong. Right. The bottom line is they have paper, right. ballot, backups right. That's that good. prove that they were not. So you guys went and they let you audit there? They let you do a full audit, CNN? You guys did a full audit on 15 counties, huh? We did what Lindell did not do. We went to Delta County, Michigan to see how the election was carried out. Trump won here, nearly two to one. The state, Michigan, entry point owner, Delta County. In his videos and his lawsuit, Lindell claims someone in China hacked the election system here and stole away precisely 3,215 Trump votes and turned them into Biden votes. The Republican county clerk, Nancy Prezraki, finds the allegation laughable for one main reason. It is never connected to the Internet. Never. Never connected to the Internet at all whatsoever. Not only are they not connected to the internet, 
The votes are cast by hand on paper. Voters scan their ballots into this Dominion scanning machine where two digital storage cards keep a tally. The paper ballot goes right into this bin under lock and seal. And that container is sealed. And just to check that everything went okay, they conduct audits, comparing the paper ballots to the results on the computer. And in 2020, it was an exact match. We audited three different precincts, and they matched exactly. So So what would you say to somebody who made a documentary that, among many counties, accused your county of being the victim of a, of a Chinese hack that changed the vote counts? I would say that didn't happen in Delta County. A Republican-led Michigan State Senate investigation found out it didn't happen anywhere. No evidence of widespread or systematic fraud. I don't think you really understand how votes are cast, collected, and tabulated in this country. Okay, you, you know what? I do. But what you don't understand is they can get, after they're tabulated, they can get hacked after the fact, which they were, because Donald Trump was going to win anyway. Ballots Donald which Trump were cast, was going to win anyway. The paper ballots You, you didn't which were do an audit to match them up, though. were audited against the machine No, they weren't. Count. No, they weren't. In these counties, no, they, they were, No, they weren't. Mike. No, they weren't. Who told you that? The county officials Oh, who did they did tell it. you that? Well, they're going to have some answering to do. No matter who says there was no widespread fraud in the election, whether it's local election officials, secretaries of state, judges, or even Donald Trump's own attorney general, Mike Lindell's conclusion is the same. They are all wrong. All these county officials are lying? I don't know. They might be misconstrued. We'll say misconstrued because they don't realize what happened. Lindell says his information comes from multiple sources, all of them super secret. He claims he's spent millions on the project and also claims he will give $5 million to anyone who proves him wrong. Mike, you could you can make up anything. Who can? No, you can't. You, this you, is where no. This is where going to have no, a no, no, demonstration. No, 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 no. no. This room. is where you're wrong. We're giving it to all the. We're giving it to the cyber people that show up. We're going to give them each state. Here's a state, Georgia. They can take it How apart. You could possibly be the victim of a scam here. Well, then why don't you come to the symposium and make $5 million? Are you worried about me? We should give a hug. You're worried about oh, Mike. Oh, God bless you. Here's what we're worried about. We're worried that what you are doing is mistakenly or deliberately destroying the confidence in the legitimate elected president of the United States and fostering what could be you know real what? damage to this country. I never said anything country. bad about Biden or the Democrats, you ever. Have, you have, never. You wrong. have, through this, inve- through this no, investigation. No, I have not. You pull it up. This, you're lying now. You're lying. Mike, I said the Democrats said. warned us. No, you're lying. No, I said you're the Democrat Party warned us You're saying that Joseph Biden was what? illegitimately elected. I'm saying that China did an attack on our country and that the and that wrong the person won. That's right. The people who have watched your video believe what you say. 100 percent. If you're wrong, isn't that very dangerous? But I yes, but I'm not wrong. I've checked it out. I've spent millions. You need to trust me and come there. Yeah, I trust him. Uh, Drew Griffin joins us now. Do you have any reason to believe that now after months of this? I mean, he has never offered proof of anything and there is no proof and it's been debunked it's like his support for sham remedies i mean he has a history and it just the conversation as you could tell anderson goes round and round in circles and i'm telling you after our discussion i'm not convinced mike lindell understands how voting works period 
let alone that he has proof of a massive voting conspiracy. And like you say, he, he claims to have all these super secret sources, but he never shows those sources, never shows their proof. There's very good reason to believe all of this is linked to recycled conspiracy theories from the past, all completely discredited. Lindell says, no, this is new. He's paid millions to check it out. But, you know, as we've seen so far, it just does not hold up, period. Yeah. Drew Griffin, appreciate it. Thank you. See what I mean? I seriously feel bad for him. But how did this fucking guy make it to the White House before me? Check out Shameless on Showtime, you guys. That'll explain a lot. That'll explain a lot about January the 6th. Who was there? But you know what, you guys? You can't run the country. Steve Bannon, Alex Jones, the dearly departed Rush Limbaugh. I'm sorry. You guys cannot be trusted. You are unfit to rule the country that is supposed to be the guardian of the galaxy. No offense, What we all saw, the crew on January 6th, the same crew that rolled in on the Nina, the Pinta, and the Santa Maria, too many people here now who've built this country. We won't let you do it again. Sorry, y'all. I just said y'all. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. I've only been here for a few weeks. Anyways, back to the game, the system. The game was designed by a certain group of people for the time. Those designers, the founders, designed the systems, the constitution, the legal system to grow the country. To grow is to change. Change is the amendments over the years and decades. Do you follow me? Those founding fathers were visionaries, among other things. And by among other things, I mean, none of us are perfect. Buck in Tennessee... You must be a bitch to live with. That's it. That's what he said. Buck, this show is not who I am. It's what I do. You engage me at work. I'm an everyday Joe, Joe, Jolene, whatever you want to call me. Just like, I don't care. I'm Christine, by the way. But I'm an everyday Joe, man. Just like, hey, what's up? What's up? How's your day going? Whatever, whatever. What's up? I'm also the guy that if you call me a bitch, I'll tell you to get the fuck out. Get the fuck out, Buck. But why am I bringing all this up? The founding fathers, history, progression. Welcome to the age of technology. Equals progression. Equals diversity. Equals the melting pot. Equals America, no? Aren't we known as the melting pot? You'll find more melting pots at the heads of these globally recognized tech leaders than any American company in history. I'm sure they need more work too. You know, they're not that old. But go over to Brazil and ask, do you have a my pillow down here? They'll be like, Gesh, que que What do you mean? What is that? What is that? Go down there and say Google, they'll pull out their phone. You, you see what I'm saying? Now let me tie this up, this segment, whatever it is, because I'm getting bored. How do I tie this all in? Why do you think Republicans are all like the tech industry leaders are evil and commies? Because they, tech liberals, not Republicans, not Walmart, not Home Depot, technology, 
is providing jobs that folks can finally see and achieve prosperity for themselves and their families and their own. They can create their own generational wealth as a result of the jobs that those tech corporations are providing. That is why Republicans do not like the tech industry. They are old corporate. We've t- I love talking about this subject, man, because it is just a shellacking. These millennials are given to these old G's. But isn't that what people always talk about? Getting a good job, buying a car, getting a house. Not everybody is an entrepreneur or wants to be. So we go into the corporate world. But who wants to work at a job where they are miserable? They can't pay their bills. Bills. They can't pay their bills because they ain't got no bills. They are living paycheck to paycheck and exhausted just trying to survive. That is everywhere. And why? Why? I hear the conservatives, old corporate, slamming the tech industry all the time. Because they can't and won't be shaken down. I think it's funny. The desperation of conservatives. Every time Trump would have these guys hauled into the White House or the Senate or Congress, they were ready. Thank you for the question, Senator. No shoes, no shirt, no service. Same principles apply. Listen, I've been in Facebook jail already too. Many times. Twitter, prison. They censor anybody. It's not just conservatives. No shirt, no shoes, no service. The business owner can make the decision. Those are called rules of engagement. And those are the boxes you clicked when you make those profiles on platforms, the social media platforms. Has nothing to do with free free speech, Frank. And these tech leaders, they're asking for government regulations for their platforms. Money's no object. They'll get training teams in and they will comply. They admit they've made mistakes. Can anybody out there do the same? Anybody in government? Can anybody else own their shit? That's what I like about the tech leaders of the world. And they're all right across the bay in Silicon Valley. Imperfect, like I said, but willing. Now, here's my problem with these tech leaders. Jaime, Aisha, maybe you can help me get this message to the right people. Because I'm a fan, but I'm pissed at them too. It's like a love-hate relationship with them, you know what I mean? Me and the tech leaders. All right, you guys, before we get into the next segment, which kind of rolls in from the little bit of the half of the show, first half of the show, uh, let's give that uh, sweet, sweet thanks and love to our sponsors over at uh, Body and Soul Botanica. All right, guys, before we move into the next segment, love and respect to today's sponsors over at Body and Soul Botanica. That's www.bodysoulbotanica.com. Folks, this Miracle Sports Cream hasn't just helped in the healing process with my ankle. I use it on my shoulders and my knees, my lower back. It is amazing, and I feel rejuvenated every time I use it. So to all my working class listeners out there, the retail workers, the service industry workers, the mechanics, the utility workers, the hustlers out there running two jobs to make ends meet. Guys, I know the beatdown all those industries do to one's 
body hustling through your day and over the years. Trust me, been there, done that. You guys need this product, okay? Folks, Miracle Sports Cream goes beyond CBD and features 11 herbs working together to stimulate your body's natural healing processes. No joke. And I'm excited to see how it helps me get back in shape when I can get back into the gym because as someone living with arthritis, it's an important part of my life to swim and to use the hot tub and sauna. I got to keep my bones lubed up and active and strong. Aquatic exercises are the bomb and they're fun. Who doesn't like to swim? You know what I mean? And part of my new routine when I get back into the gym Well, it's going to be to set myself up for success by incorporating Body and Soul Miracle Sports Cream in my fitness and exercise day-to-day life. Because being active has to be a part of your lifestyle if you're going to keep on trucking, you guys. That's the truth. And like I was saying, guys, as you age, those aches and pains creep up seemingly overnight. But you don't have to sit in that pain or discomfort anymore. Give the Body and Soul Miracle Sports Cream a try, you guys. It is a mixture of 11 all-natural herbs, including CBD. CBD is the non-psychoactive ingredient derived from hemp or Delta 9 THC, followed by a heavy, heavy dash of straight-up love, man, from this company to help take whatever is ailing you away. You guys, trust me. Don't forget to tell them Christine from the East West Grind sent you by entering promo code East West Grind for that 20% off. Again, that's www.bodysoulbotanica.com and promo code East West Grind. I'd never send you guys on a wild goose chase, okay? Give this Miracle Sports Cream a try and let me know how it works for you guys. Peace out. All right, Silicon Valley in the Bay Area. As Silicon Valley developed and those campuses engulfed Mountain View and Menlo Park and EPA and San Jose so far, in order to make room in the Bay Area communities for the tech workforce, these small hometown communities have become test bunnies of what looks like the Jetsons. Enjoy. Jeff Bezos and Richard Branson just went into space for a few hours like this. Did the little piggy cry wee, wee, wee all the way home? Wee! Wee, wee, wee! 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 Wee!
Oh, cool. It's insane, their contribution to the world. Steve Jobs and them. So that Jetson life, it ain't too far away. You know what I mean? But tech leaders, this is directly to you guys. You guys are ripping up the charm of these once dairy farming communities that used to be the Bay Area. People still live down there. People that they knew or that their family was dairy farmers in Fremont, Hayward, Union City, the surrounding areas across the Bay too. And those old timers, they are watching the communities that they love so very much become high-rise apartment buildings congested with traffic on the freeways and in the cities. It took me 30 minutes to get from Stevenson Boulevard to New Park Mall. That's a five, ten-minute drive, depending on how many lights you can hit. You know what I mean? What the fuck, Arrowhead? Yeah, what the fuck, Arrowhead? I remember when mini malls were a thing. Now brick and mortar is on life support because the internet and Amazon, you can just order everything online. But I remember when mini malls were, you know, it was a craze. Everyone was hanging out at the mall. Some genius thought it was a good idea. Let's go back to Fremont now. Some genius down there in the Bay Area, because that's what we're talking about. We're talking about Silicon Valley. Some genius thought it was a good idea to shut down B-Lands Raceway down there on Christie Street and put some Auto Mall Parkway. And look at that shit down. Look at it. It's empty. Nobody wants to hang out down there. That's why they're churning and burning so many small businesses and in malls, you know, all over the country, especially after the, after the pandemic. Everybody got used to ordering online. Tech leaders, here's the problem the old timers are having with you guys. They really don't mind you. Trust me, my mother-in-law is 84 and Texas like a champ. But the problems these few generations above you tech leaders are having is you're ripping the history of the communities up, taking away all of their comfort and their memories to build these emerald cities. That's not fair. And you tech leaders across the bay there, I got an idea for you. Pipe dream, maybe, I don't know. But you got the dough. When they pull the plugs on, on Audemars and the strip malls, buy that space up at Audemars and turn it into a raceway so today's tough guys will stop doing donuts in the middle of the intersection and fucking up the streets, endangering the lives of children and pedestrians. They need somewhere to release all that ADHD energy and testosterone. All right, back to the, uh, not back to the communities. Tech leaders. That was a quick side note, by the way. Tech leaders, here's another idea for you. Down there on Fremont Boulevard, past the Holy Spirit Church, there's a boarded up movie theater there. Looks like shit. The whole section right there on Fremont Boulevard. And most of you young tech billionaires wouldn't know, but this was in the 50s and 60s and 70s and 80s. That area of Fremont was the place to be. That theater, center theater, my parents used to go on dates down there in high school in the 60s. My mom used to go to movies down there. My grandma would give her a quarter. She'd go watch movies with her sister. 
I'd go with my sister and her friends down there in the 80s to watch Rocky Horror Picture Show. My grandma would pack our toast to throw at the stage. Thank you very much. That place is Fremont history. It's the charm of old Fremont that is being bulldozed to house the staff of the tech companies. Just like what happened to Cloverleaf Bowling Alley. That's fucked up, you guys. You guys are not preserving these communities. And you have people from those areas still alive and watching their hometowns be destroyed, bulldozed. There is a balance that you guys and the greedy city officials are not considering or you just don't care about. And I can't see that from the tech leaders. I can see it from the, from the elected officials because they're shady. Go back last episode, last three or four episodes. But let me wrap this up for you, tie it into a bow for you. In the beginning of this segment, the show, I reminded you that council member Aisha Wahab reminded me that brick and mortar were on their way out. Retail, brick and mortar are all but done. And what I was drawing to that was when you have people ordering online, they are less likely to leave the house as often, right? If you don't have to go to the grocery store, you can order online, you can order clothes online, like, but you're not going anywhere, but you're ordering clothes, whatever. Your Amazon orders, whatever, whatever, right? People are less likely to leave the house. And when you don't leave the house and you're ordering all that stuff online that you need, you're getting less outside contact equals less movement equals less exercise. Less walking and exercise is what I'm trying to talk about equals earlier onset health issues. People spend more time in their houses. They fall into depression and addiction or whatever, drugs, alcohol, whatever. And that equals more earlier onset health issues. It just makes sense, doesn't it? I mean, I'm not a scientist, but it just makes sense. I mean, there's so much culture and diversity in Fremont and in the Bay Area, but there's nothing cool to do. You want to go bowling now? You got to go to Castro Valley or Dublin until those small city treasures are pushed out to developers too. too. Unless, unless the residents vote in the right people to preserve those parts of the community. But the tech industry, you guys can stop this or you at least get involved in the communities that you guys are now living in too. Get involved in a different way. Here's another idea. Someone please get this to the Google guys or Zuckerberg or Jack Dorsey. I love your beard. There's an area down there on Maori. It's in Fremont. I think somebody's in it now, but it's nestled in a parking lot right before you go into the overpass, the old train thing. It used to be called Maori Lanes, another bowling alley. I was on a league down there with my mom and my aunts and stuff too, my grandparents. But Cloverleaf Bowl is done. It's already been dismantled on the inside. I'm not sure about the outside. Mike Hillman gave a few bowling pins to my friend Cherie, and Cherie gave me one. I have it in my office. I'm looking at it right now. But this guy, Mike Hillman, his family owned Cloverleaf. And then he took over for his father. I remember being a kid and Mike Hillman was a teenager working at the desk 
running down lanes to fix bowling pins. But the, when the lease was coming up at the bowling alley to renew the, the property owners decided their new lease was going to require the Hillmans to pay an exorbitant amount of money that that small business could not afford. So they had to shut down for good. And this guy, Mike Hillman, now works, works at Dublin Bowl. See, there's no balance. It's all about money. Tech leaders, here's an investment idea that could help you guys with a lot of your community that you may not even be aware of is out there. And like I say, that part of Fremont community is nestled into old school Fremont neighborhoods. I've said this before, and I'll say it to her face. I dare Lily Mae and her big money developer friends to go down there into Niles with her high-rise apartment ideas. Those people will stick a pitchfork in all their asses. Fun fact about Niles, since we're down there, real quick. There's a lot of people in the Bay Area now who are now in Fremont or, you know, all parts of the Bay Area that you may not know. But Charlie Chaplin movies were filmed down there in Niles back in the early 1900s. And when Hollywood tried to set up shop permanently down there, those settlers in Niles said, nah, 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 that's not happening. And now Hollywood is down south. That was my grandmother's generation and her neighbors. I'm sorry, my great-grandmother's generation and her neighbors. My grandma was a kid at the time. But they led the charge to get those guys out of there. And now their great-grandkids live in those homes down there now, too. Because, of course, all, you know, all the old, old-timers are gone. Stay out of there, you guys, please. If anything, go help them fix up their little communities and homes. Another drop in the bucket for people like Zuckerberg and Dorsey. Guys like that. Drop in the bucket. But back to the Hillmans. My young friends in tech, here's an idea. Another idea. Because I got ideas. One of you guys buys up the old bowling alley on Maori because Cloverleaf is going to be apartment complexes. That deal's done. The old Maori lanes, though, that's what I'm talking about. Buy that up. Partner with Mike Hillman to reopen Cloverleaf Bowl within the existing buildings on Maori. And boom, a place for people of all ages and ethnicities and communities to go have fun, get some exercise because bowling is a fun little sport. And you got Mike Hillman's beautiful hometown face is the brand and the attraction for families old and new. Two. One of you tech leaders purchased the center theater. That cost too is literally a drop in the bucket for you guys. And this is my project. But it gets renovated and reopens, serving all the community. Call me for details because too many people in the news and other podcasters been stealing my shit and I'm fucking tired of it. I'm done with it. Call me, fellas. I got great ideas for that space. Info at eastwestgrind.com. And listen, you guys, the bowling alley and the theater idea that I'm talking about are specific to Fremont. 
And that's just an example for the community and the principles that you can use to preserve not just Fremont, but Newark, but you need all the all the areas, Livermore. Like I said before, Livermore now, old school cowboyish type of community. Boom. Major gentrification. And right around the corner from First Street, the downtown, brand new three-story luxury apartments, making room for more tech workers, skyrocketing their rents. Do you guys see what I'm talking about here? Livermore used to be affordable. Hayward used to be affordable. Tracy used to be affordable. Can you draw the connection? I'm going from preserving the communities. I'm kind of jumping all over the place, but I think most people can follow me. I hope you can, because I can't go back. Preserve the communities. You can do that. You can. The principles that I talked about for Fremont can be applied to any city, any small city, any new city, whatever, whatever. Not new city, but you know what I mean. Small city, big city, whatever, whatever. The tech industry is a double-edged sword for sure. And side note, because you tech leaders take such good care of your people with salaries and benefits and work-life balance in our capitalist society, everybody wants to work there. I'll say it again. Capitalism done right works for everybody. But because the salaries are so high around the tech industry in the Bay Area, people can and are charging whatever they want for rent, for homes, whatever. And I've talked about this in past episodes too. My grandmother bought her house on Denise Street in Fremont in the 50s for like 50 grand. That house just resold for like 1.4 and it's only had a couple of facelifts over time. That's about it. That is crazy. People can't afford the rents because their jobs don't pay what the tech leaders do pay. Not everybody works for tech. And like Aisha Wahab last week said, people that work in the communities are having to move to cheaper locations to drive in to work every day. I don't want to go over this again, but teachers, police, firefighters, they're having to drive into the communities that they work in because they can't afford to live there. What is going on? Do you guys know what it feels like? to have to move away from your hometown in order to afford rent, but still drive into the community every day to work. Put yourselves in other people's shoes for a minute. Tech industry, tech leaders, sit with that for a second before we continue on, please. Okay, back to Fremont. Listen, guys, I know Fremont and I know that community. Not the new community so much. The ones that have been there through generations. I know it's tearing their hearts up. I get the calls. I get the emails. You guys are moving too fast. And you're erasing the history and the charm. Rapid gentrification. This is their message. Preserve it. Preserve their history too. As you create your own history there. Because you guys are going to, you know, obviously take over. But again, there's still people down there. There seems to be no consideration for the settlers of these communities. And you can do both. You need to do both. Please. Respect your elders, young people. Come on, you guys. Let's do something together. Let's make this right for everybody. We're all friends. Side note. 
somebody authorize and turn over the parking lot at the hub to the old car owners in the Bay Area. You can do like Fremont's version of Hot August Nights. Those guys spend hours upon hours shining and cleaning those cars. And they've been reduced to fucking Safeway parking lots in Newark, off of Jarvis. Give these guys something to look forward to in the communities that they grew up in and that they're still residents in and and let the new neighbors see and enjoy what they've got in their garages that they like to bring out. They take to Nevada. They take wherever these shows are. Bring it to the community right there in a big way. Everybody likes looking at old cars. Phil Willis, the owner at Mission Pizza and Pub, the best pizza in the Bay Area, by the way, still drives his 59 Chevy Stepside down to the pizza place on Fridays to talk to his regulars and the community. And people are all over that truck taking pictures and just loving it. Get him on board to organize it, and it'll be a hit every month, I guarantee it. Get some local food vendors down there. I mean, why hasn't the city thought of this already? Or have you, and I'm missing it. Did I miss it? Did I miss the car shows in Fremont? Did I miss it? Aside from Niles, because Niles has it regularly. Well, just keep them confined to Niles. Set the example, you guys. Hi, me Zapeta and Aisha Wahab. Friends, family, neighbors. I'm going to keep an eye on these guys like I told you earlier, and then I'll keep you updated on what's going on in the Bay Area, you guys, because I know that's where a large majority of my people are listening to me at. Guys, these guys are doing their part to try and preserve the cities and make it work for everybody, for rich people, for medium income people, if there's any of those left, and for poor people. We can all live together. Everybody can share in the community. What is wrong with that? Make it work. All right, you guys, I'm in the deep south for a while. This place is Fremont 40 years ago. That's how far behind they are, and they like it that way. There's development going on, but they like that small community, man. It takes me five minutes to download an app outside of my house. They don't want tech here because they don't want to feel what the Bay Area pre-tech is feeling that's depression but you can't stop progression you cannot stop progression it happens no matter what we're america we have to lead the charge in innovation i get that but again there's a balance between the two worlds bridging both worlds instead of total annihilation of one of those worlds that's better right Final thought, and that'll tie this whole puzzle together, I hope. Sitting is the new smoking, you guys. If you take all the fun out of the communities, they have no reason to put their phones down or leave their house. Make sense? I haven't seen a lot of people on their phones here, man, because they don't get service outside of their house. And it's a waste of time to sit there for five minutes waiting for it to download. So, you know, maybe that's a good thing. I don't know. But I get it. The Bay Area tech industry, industry, everybody gets everything first down there from tech. So I get it. But it's nice to see people, you know, talking and not on their phones. 
Make sense? Listen, you guys, make the communities work for everybody. It's possible. I'm going to keep saying it because it's possible. All right, you guys, thanks for listening. Thanks for being here. That is our show. I am exhausted. What's it all mean, you guys? What's the message in today's episode? It's balance in business, in politics. You've got to infiltrate the system set up to change them. If the founding fathers set up a puzzle to equality for all to evolve with the times, Rosa Parks, Martin Luther King, Harvey Milk, Pete Buttigieg, RBG, Hillary Clinton, Vice President Kamala Harris, Barack Obama, all crack the code to move the needle. Democracy and equality for all is a constant fight. And cultural norms are a hell of a code to crack. I stand proudly with all the legends I just spoke of. Andrew Como, he resigned today and I say, good. Al Franken got kicked out and he got kicked to the curb over a picture when he was a comedian. And Como's got his hand up girl's blouses. Yeah, you need to get the fuck on. Thanks for leading during the pandemic. But that don't give you a pass, sir. Andrew Como, you are the East-West Grind's asshole of the week. All right, guys, I'm out. I'll see you next week. Remember to like, share, subscribe. Subscribe to get those auto downloads. Help us move this podcast all around. Check out our website. I'm always looking for ways to improve. You guys, you know the drill. So if you notice some stank on the website or anything else, Send us your email at info at eastwestgrind.com. Send us those questions and concerns, and we'll ask those questions on the show. We, like you, seek answers. Share this podcast with those MAGA relatives that you love so very much, but you can't get a word in edgewise. Send them this podcast. They'll get me, because guess what? I get them. All right, guys. See you next week. It's going to be a fabulous show. We're going to share those travels for sure across the country and our experiences along the way to the South. You don't want to miss it, guys. Another great episode ahead. See you next week. And as always, guys, I got your back. Peace.